Tonight on Studios America, Michael Cannon joins us to fantasize about an Obamacare-free future. I've got some terrible news about Doug Burgum and the future of Bergamentum. We'll get into that. And I've got a new theory on how the left brainwashes its supporters. We'll get into all of that in just a minute. First, let me tell you about Ladder. Ladder Life Insurance. It's a 100% digital. No doctors, no needles, no paperwork. If you're applying for $3 million of coverage or less, just answer a few questions about your health in an application. You just need a few minutes of free time and your phone or your laptop to apply. They've got these smart algorithms that work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. There's no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Plus, you get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. Ladder policies are issued by insurers with long, proven histories of paying claims, and they're rated like A and A-plus by AMBest. So, you know you're getting a good deal from a legit company. Life insurance costs more as you age, so now's the time to cross it off your list. Go to ladderlife.com slash stew today. Ladderlife.com slash stew. See instantly if you're approved. It's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Ladderlife.com slash stew. It's Ladder Life Insurance. Stew does America. Uh, we'll start tonight by doing the left-wing narrative blender. Yes, it's an all-important concept. I want to get into this in a second, but first I want to tell you about a new book I bought. I was at uh, Five Below the other day with my kids, and they are in the, uh, the candy aisle um, just buying God knows what. Um, I love Five Below, by the way. It's freaking incredible, the stuff they have in this place. How, how is it? I don't even understand. Capitalism amazes me, and I love it. But I'm in there, and the one part I didn't love, I'm going through the book aisle. And they've got a $5 book right here. I bought it. $5 book. It is, who is Greta Thunberg? Now, first of all, Greta's had some really bad health effects from whatever she's doing. Her head is gigantic on the cover of this book. But uh, it's like five times the size of her body. And that's, that, if that's what global warming is doing, I am against it. I want to make sure you understand that. Um, who is Greta Thunberg? She's a Swedish girl who wanted to change the world, a teenager who sparked a revolution, a young activist calling for people to work together to solve climate change. Check all of the above. Find out more in this illustrated book. And it goes through uh, the, uh, the, he- the history of Greta when she was just skipping school. And, and it goes into also her parents, um, which is... Uh, fascinating. By the way, if you want to learn more about her parents, go back to episode two of this program. That's right. We signed a contract to do the show, and then we had a few weeks to get ready, and we planned all these monologues to start off, and the second one we aired was Stu Does Greta's Parents. So go back to episode two. Um, It was before COVID, in the good times. Um, But look, they even have nice pictures of the family in there. This one looks like it's from the Growing Pains Open. And I think you'll like it if you go buy this book. There's so much. We should go through the entire book. It's only about 12 pages. Now, she's only been alive for like 20 years or 18 years at this point. So, you know, what's there to tell? Uh, but you can, of course, go back and learn more about her parents from episode two of this particular program. Now, what's interesting about this and, and why I was thinking about this today is we have all this global warming stuff going on with COP28. We'll get into that in a second. But. There's an issue here. They, they lionized this person. I mean, they gave her a giant head on the book cover, right? Like, she is um, an, a, a world hero. Re, if you read the book, all they do is say how incredible she is and how evil Donald Trump is and such. And it's like, they've lionized this person who obviously didn't know anything about the climate, right? Like, it's blatantly obvious. Even in the book, they say how she figured this out, which was... Uh, She was watching a video about polar bears. Now, when I say video, it's probably the cartoon that we all saw from Al Gore, where the polar bears are uh, swimming from piece of ice to piece of ice, and they get too tired and they drown. 
And like this has been disproven like over and over and over again to the point that we even have another episode of the show called Stu Does Polar Bears. Why do we name shows like this? I don't understand. But if you go back and watch Stu Does Polar Bears, we go through all the numbers. There are more polar bears now than there have been in a very long time. It, these narratives aren't even true. Polar bears, by the way, amazing swimmers. They can last for a really long time in water if they really can't find ice. That's a, that's a positive, not, not a negative. But uh, Greta was made into this hero after being scared out of her mind uh, with, in, in association with her parents and the media to basically think that her whole world was dying. Now, of course, we've now moved on many years and she hasn't died. In fact, these things that she's predicted, of course, haven't really occurred. Um, but that doesn't matter. They still lionized her and they kept her at the top of everybody's list. Even when she had the sort of puppy dog thing that happens sometimes where you have a really like a cute puppy dog and the puppy dog gets older and all of a sudden you're just like, eh, not really that cute anymore. You know what I mean? Like she turned into an adult and adults suck, right? Everyone loves a cute kid. Oh, she's blabbing on about the climate, whatever. And then she turns into adult and everyone's like, oh gosh, why, why, why are we lionizing her? Well, that's becoming more in focus because she keeps dabbling in the anti-Semitism. You know, a lot of people don't appreciate that. And I will say, the chapter on the anti-Semitism, non-existent in who is Greta Thunberg. So there you go. Um, now, Greta Thunberg divides climate mo uh, mo movement as her group promotes anti-Israel rhetoric. And you go through the, uh, the article, this one's from Just the News, and it shows over and over again, she's posting photos with anti-Semitic symbols. You know, there was a little stuffed animal behind her, which, you know, is a stuffed animal that anyone could have, just an octopus. But there was no reason for it to be in the photo with all the anti-Israel, pro-Palestinian sloganeering uh, that they had in there. And, you know, she has directed users to donate to organizations uh, that are going after um, uh, Israel and trying to say that they are committing genocide. It, it's, you know, it's one-sided left-wing craziness. Now, this, uh, you know, if, you, if you're Ilan Omar, this isn't going to be a problem for you. If you're Rashida Tlaib, you're probably cheering on Greta still. But there are still some people on the left who look at the Israel situation and say, hey, maybe we shouldn't just want all Jews to die or just be relocated from Israel and from the river to the sea, uh, every single Jew will be removed. Maybe that's not the ideal way to go. And this is what happens when you have sort of the, the left-wing narrative blender. The, the left-wing narrative blender is an interesting concept, but it is, it's a very delicate balance. Now, if the left doesn't have a hook to pitch one of their stories, what they do is they keep adding things until it turns into a smoothie, right? You keep throwing ingredients into the blender, you blend it all up, it turns into a delicious shake, and they just churn it out. They do this over and over again. You could throw in any topic. If you want to talk about uh, whatever you're, you know, if you want to talk abortion, you just say, well, uh, trans people are affected by abortion more than anyone else. And you throw that out there, and people are like, oh, wow, what an insight, what a, what a think piece this is. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, well, what about um, uh, interracial couples that are trans and their effect on abortion? That's even worse, right? Oh, a whole new article. They do this all the time. They have like the five things that they say you're racist, you're homophobic, you're anti Islamophobic, or you're Islamophobic, you're uh, anti, uh, anti Semitic used to be one of them. Now they seem to be embracing that. Um, you've got, uh, you know, climate, you've got abortion, you've got all the, the income inequality. You just put these in three or four of them in a row and then just blend them all up. Uh, CNN just recently did this with their story, how the gender crisis fuels gender, uh, the climate crisis fuels gender inequality. The climate crisis may be a collective problem. 
but its impacts do not fall equally. Women and girls often bear the heaviest burdens. Now, this is a story. Remember, the climate narrative that they're pitching to you is one where the entire species is destroyed, right? That's the end of this story. Everyone on Earth is dead because of climate change. But that affects women and girls more. Uh, it's amazing, an amazing read. Climate change acts as a threat multiplier, finding existing injustices and amplifying them. Women and girls already grapple with gender inequality. See how they do this? But when extreme weather devastates a community, the UN found that inequalities worsen. Intimate partner violence spikes. You see, it's too hot, so men beat their wives because of the heat, you know? Girls are pulled from school. I'm not going to have my daughter go to school. It's one degree warmer than it was last year. Daughters are married early. And I know I've had this thought. Look, it's hot in Texas. Got to go marry the daughter off at 12 or 13 years old. I hope she knows it's coming right around the corner for her. Um, uh, women and girls are forced from their homes and face higher risk of sexual exploitation and trafficking. Because sex trafficking, as we all know, is not a problem with like left wing politicians and their close business associates. No, no. It is a problem because of global warming. Now, you see, all these things are very traditional ingredients to the liberal smoothie, right? They're all put, you pop them in there, and they blend them all up, and to them, they sound delicious and taste wonderful. But in reality, sometimes you get a bad ingredient. Like, you got chocolate, peanut butter, and banana. That's a good freaking smoothie, right? You pop on a Smoothie King right now, get the app, throw an order in there for something with chocolate, banana, and peanut butter. It's going to be delicious. You're going to love it, Okay. But when you start putting different ingredients in, I don't know, radishes, it's not going to taste good anymore, right? You get a, the wrong ingredient, it messes up the entire smoothie. And that's Greta right now. You know, she's, try, she's trying to get into the liberal narrative smoothie. Um, but in reality, she's kind of screwing the thing up because she keeps saying and doing all these anti-Semitic things. And there's still enough support on the left uh, for uh, the Israel situation that, you know, not maybe not in leadership, but among regular voters that now people are just like, okay, this is crazy. Why, why are we embracing this girl who still knows nothing about the climate? If Greta continues down this road, they're going to have to abandon her. And that is something that the left does all the time. If they can't get the smoothie to work with her ingredient, they abandon her, act like they never cared about her. Oh, of course she's crazy. We never liked her in the first place. And she gets, it's like Jeffrey Epstein. She just gets tossed, tossed out. Oh, well, what did he do? Oh gosh, he was at that, uh, that island with all of the people in this room. Uh, and media members and, 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 oh gosh, well, we don't like him anymore. He's bad now. Believe us, even though we hung out with him and he funded all of our campaigns forever. This is a, just how it, it works over and over again. And when you have something, um, you know, the, the narrative smoothie isn't all just about Greta. It, it's all these things. And a lot of times it gets really clunky. Let me give you another example of this. This is from the New York Times. The New York Times features a $7 million, 6,000-square-foot vacation home in their living small column about a simpler, more sustainable, or more compact life. They go on to talk about how uh, this is a vacation home, so a second home for this particular couple. They spent $7 million on it, and they decided to use the beam estimator for Builders for Climate Action they determined that the house produces less than half of the carbon dioxide emissions of a conventionally built structure. And you might say, well, that's great. They've cut their emissions by 50%. No, they haven't. They added a vacation home on top of the regular home and then made that vacation home 6,000 square feet. That's a lot. 
That's less than half the carbon footprint of the traditional 6,000 square foot oceanfront vacation home. See, it's, this is uh, not the bee speaking here. See how that works? They aren't to be condemned for more than doubling their carbon footprint by building a second house. They are to be lauded for reducing the carbon footprint of their second house to something that is still more than the single modest house most American homeowners can afford. Over and over and over again, you see that they try this, and it gets clunky at times. That I don't know. That's like... Uh, chocolate, peanut butter, and, like, cheese. It just doesn't quite work, guys. You have to try to blend your smoothies a little bit better. The same thing's kind of going on at COP28. This is a big climate conference that is on right now. And before I go on to actually any of the details of this, you should know that COP28, you might think it stands for, like, climate operatives, uh, you know, protection. I don't know. Something that has to do with the climate. No. COP28, COP28, stands for um, the Conference of the Parties, which is the single worst acronym that has ever occurred. Well, what's the conference going to be? Well, there's going to be a bunch of parties there. Let's call it Conference of the Parties. Like, it's the worst name of all time. Like, figure it out. Okay? Figure out something better. For such an important event, you got to come up with a better acronym. Okay? Um, and by the way, this is the only time the left likes cops. Uh, that's the only time. COP28. They want to defund them every other time you bring up cops, but they apparently love COP28. Uh, Kamala Harris is announcing a new $3 billion U.S. pledge to global climate action at the Dubai summit. I had missed the bill that was passed that justified that spending, but they're going to manufacture this money, apparently, out of thin air or borrow it from some other program that was already approved to throw uh, at a, a, a PR statement in this dumb climate conference, Harris said the U.S. would pledge another $3 billion to the Green Climate Fund, the main finance vehicle to help developing nations adapt to the climate crisis and cut fossil fuel pollution. That's the last thing these places need. They need more fossil fuel production and use. The U.S. has previously delivered $2 billion to the fund. The announcement comes after the U.S. was criticized by some climate experts and advocacy groups earlier this week for contributing what they said was an embarrassing amount of money, $17.5 million, to a newly created damage fund uh, to help developing countries cope with climate disasters. We don't have $3 billion. We don't have $17.5 million. We have $0. We have negative billions and trillions of dollars that we have to spend. Throwing more money at some dumb program like this is a terrible idea. Of course, Kamala Harris, who, I mean, they know how unpopular the climate issue is. That's why they throw climate, uh, Kamala Harris at it. Uh, she says we're not doing enough, even with the $3 billion. Watch. Around the world, there are those who seek to slow or stop our progress. Leaders who deny climate science, delay climate action, and spread misinformation. Corporations that greenwash climate inaction and lobby for billions of dollars in fossil fuel subsidies. In the face of their resistance, and in the context of this moment, we must do more. Quick question for you. Could she be worse? Like, think of a scenario. Could you imagine someone being worse at this job than she is? I, it is incomprehensible. That, uh, I, I mean, just shows. They have Joe Biden there, and they're like, we can't go to Kamala. That's how bad she is. Uh, the U.S. is also announcing uh, to a bunch of regulations a new rule to slash powerful planet warming methane by nearly 80% from oil and gas. The new U.S. rule, which will be implemented by the EPA, is expected to slash methane per, uh, emissions by nearly 80% through 2038. I guarantee it won't do that, by the way. 
um, compared to uh, what they will uh, would have been without the rule. That's how they always do it. Well, in the magical alternate universe, the alternate 1985 from Doc's uh, chalkboard, in that scenario, everything would be much, much worse. We swear it worked. The EPA estimates it will stop about 58 million tons of methane from escaping into the atmosphere during that period, the equivalent of taking more than 300 million gas-powered cars off the road for a year. If you're a Stu Does America or Wonderful World of Stu or Glenn Beck program long-timer, you will know whenever they say these climate benefits in as expressed into the number of cars taken off the road, they are scamming you. Every single time that number sounds big, it does absolutely nothing. 300 million cars will not do a thing for the environment. Not one. That's why you buying your Prius or your Tesla makes no difference either. In a major new development, it will end routine flaring of the national uh, natural gas that is a byproduct of drilling oil wells and will phase in a requirement for gas to be captured instead of burned. The rule will also require stringent leak monitoring for oil and gas wells and compressors and cut down on leaks from equipment like pumps, storage tanks, and controllers. It will, uh, it will also rely on independent third-party monitoring using satellites and other remote sensing technology to find very large methane leaks. What does that mean for you? It means all your energy prices are going up. That's what it means. They're going to try to raise your energy prices for fossil fuels, which are low cost and dependable, so they can start getting closer to the high cost and not dependable up other options that are green. Maybe it'll seem like it makes sense when they throw thousands of dollars of tax, of tax savings to you. And basically, again, we're just printing that money at this point. Um, and we also raise the price of all the fossil fuels. Maybe you'll then choose solar or something. It's uh, it's bad. Republicans are bashing this rule and the COP28 uh, promise, which is not a surprise, uh, but it is it is a surprise. And another weird ingredient in the liberal smoothie here, which the COP28 is being ho hosted and, and headed up this time uh, by um, Sultan Ahmed Al-Jabbar. Now, this is different than Sultan Ahmed Al-Sindar, who is a totally different person. But Sultan Ahmed Al-Jabbar, his new, newly reported comments um, kind of fly in the face of everything going on when, the, when you talk about the climate hysteria. The COP28 president says there's no science in the fossil fuel phase-out calls. Now, of course, he's right on this, right? Like, this is a terrible idea. We are down, we were talking about the uh, improvements. Uh, Climate-related deaths are down by 98%. We are down all across the board when it comes to tragic side effects of what might be the climate. We all know that. We are all aware of that. They are not aware of it. So that to be spoken to their face. Now, of course, this is like an oil producing company, uh, country and everyone's going to say, oh, well, all he's doing is profiting off of oil. Of course, he doesn't hate it. But he's, of course, right. And we should be focusing on how to get more oil, more fossil fuels to countries that need it. I mean, the continent of Africa burns like four gallons of gas a year. Can we get them some freaking fuel? Are we really going to ask these people to buy solar panels and drive around in solar rollers all over the place? To me, it sounds like a terrible idea. But of course, to the left, uh, it sounds like a wonderful idea. That's similar to uh, something we all remember, Obamacare. We're going to go through a kind of a Obamacare progress report. Whatever happened to that? We were told it was going to be wonderful. Did it work? Michael Cannon is going to tell us the story next. Let me tell you about Raycon. 
I love Raycon's Everyday Earbuds. They are awesome. They are something that you should buy for someone on your Christmas list. They're going to love them. They're going to love them more than the stupid other brand that they have now. Why? Well, you got the 32-hour battery life, high-quality audio. You have the perfect in-ear fit. It does not fall out of your ear. They don't budge. Raycon made their name for themselves in the audio space, but this past year, they've honestly blown up into like this huge thing, and they've got Raycon PowerTech now. They've got Raycon Home. You can check out their Magic 180 charging cable, which provides hyperspeed charging to iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices, and it rotates 180 degrees. You ever get that problem where it's like stuck on the wall, or it's like you get some weird desk situation you needed to move, but you can't? Well, they solved that problem. And you can check out their new faucet filter, which removes 99.9% .9 of the contaminants, bacteria, and chemicals in your sink water. Basically, they're doing everything now. I think they just built a nuclear submarine. I don't even know. Raycon has an easy and free return guarantee, and they offer free shipping and buy now, pay later options. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash stew. Get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Perfect for last-minute gifts or to ring in the new year for yourself. That's not a bad thing to do. Buyraycon.com slash stew. B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N. Buyraycon.com slash stew. Get 15% off Raycon products. It is Raycon. So remember Obamacare. You know, we talked about it an awful lot like 10 years ago, and we were told it was going to save the entire healthcare system. It was going to be this incredible boon for everybody. Everyone's going to love it. And I never was really a huge fan of the idea of, of, of doing this with our healthcare system. It always seemed like a really bad idea to me. But, you know, I've noticed over the past few years, people just sort of stopped talking about it. It was a big Republican talking point. We're going to repeal it. We're going to repeal and replace over and over again. And they never got it done, of course. And now it just kind of seems like it's part of our country forevermore. And I thought maybe we should check in on this a little bit. Maybe do a little progress report on Obamacare. And I thought, who can we bring in to give us this progress report? And I was like, we got to get Michael Cannon. He's the guy. He is the guy who's been talking about this since the very beginning and dissecting and reporting on this in a very influential way for a very long time. He is the Health Policy Studies Director for the Cato Institute. And I'm happy to welcome Michael Cannon. Michael, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? Uh, really well. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's, it's fascinating here. We've just seen a little blip from a couple of the Republican candidates lately bringing up Obamacare, uh, saying, hey, maybe we should come up with something better. And it's met with the fury of the media once again. So I think looking at where we stand, is this working? Maybe it's a magical policy and I'm not realizing how well it's working. Can you kind of start me off with a 50,000 foot view of the progress report on Obamacare? Well, Obamacare appears popular right now because there's no real opposition and there's no real reporting on what it's actually doing. The, the Republicans are afraid of health care. They always have been. Uh, and the media is so enamored. There are so many people in the media who support government control in health care that they don't report on Obamacare and what it's actually doing. They, they don't report on how high the premiums are, how the cost per uninsured person is three times original projections. They don't report on how the coverage is so expensive that that Congress is offering subsidies of $12,000 to be people making over $200,000 a year just so they can afford this coverage. And the worst part, Stu, is that they don't report on what Obamacare is doing to the quality of health insurance. It is eroding the quality of health insurance for everybody, for healthy and sick alike, but it's hurting the sick, sick people the most. And the reason they don't do that is because, well, the media is, it's complicated. The media is, uh, most of them are not specialists, 
but they're not getting any help from the people who support the, uh, Obamacare and don't want uh, people to know about this. But my source on this is really just an advisor to President Biden, uh, an economist named Michael Gruso, who's done research showing that Obamacare's pre-existing conditions provisions are making coverage worse in the, for the sick. They're leading to backdoor discrimination, undermining the whole promise of those supposed protections. And here's the thing. When the public does find out about these things, that Obamacare is reducing the quality of coverage, even Democrats turn against the law, which I think helps to explain why Obamacare, the, the, the policy people and the folks in the media who support Obamacare don't want to report on this part of the law. Yeah, it really is amazing. I mean, and, and as soon as they see what the law is actually doing, increasing cost, decreasing quality, they do turn on it. And it's amazing that that's never really talked about. It's like everybody likes free money. Everybody likes a free giveaway. And this was one of the things that I think was true from the initial Obamacare predictions. We all said, hey, like once this is in place, people are going to get used to it. They're going to think they're getting some big giveaway. The media is never going to tell them the truth about it. And it's going to become popular. And that's, to some degree, that has actually occurred, which is why Republican politicians seem to run away from it. How do you overcome that? I mean, you know, obviously you writing about this and getting the information out there is a big part. But like the media doesn't seem to want to tell this story. So how do you how do you convince people maybe this giveaway isn't worth the cost? Government subsidies are generally very popular with the people who are receiving those subsidies, especially the people in the industry who will lobby for more and bigger subsidies. That's why health, one of the reasons health spending is so excessive in the United States, because the health sector leads all other sectors in lobbying the federal government and has for decades. And if the government can convince the people who are receiving those subsidies that uh, make them dependent on the subsidies and convince them that there is no alternative, that they are desperate because that is their lifeline, then of course they're going to want to fight to preserve those subsidies as well. And they're going to believe that there is no alternative if the government has banned all of the alternatives, which is what Obamacare has almost succeeded in doing. There are a couple of alternatives out there that are uh, that have the promise of providing long-term protection from the financial cost of expensive illnesses, but the federal government is doing its level best to try to destroy those. One of them is the market for what we call short-term insurance, which Congress has ex exempted from Obamacare's costly and harmful regulations. And as a result, these plans are able to provide comprehensive coverage, that's according to the Congressional Budget Office, that, it is, that costs up to 60% less than the lowest cost Obamacare plans. And they are able to offer broader uh, networks than Obamacare does. And according to current federal rules, they can provide coverage that extends beyond one year, beyond three years, and, and provides secure coverage to people indefinitely in a way that actually brings down the cost of Obamacare. And another alternative is... Uh, the Obama administration likewise exempted health insurance in U.S. territories from Obamacare's costly regulations. So every, every state in the union could free their employers and their uh, individual consumers from Obamacare just by recognizing health insurance policies from U.S. territories. Senate, uh, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis has talked about how he's going to supersede Obamacare. He could 
free Florida residents from Obamacare right now just by recognizing health insurance plans from Puerto Rico and the United Virgin Islands because that would allow residents of his state to avoid those re regulations. They're doubling or tripling the cost of their health insurance. Mm, that's fascinating. I, don't, I mean, uh, these are things that are never talked about. I mean, short-term, and what's the downside of short-term insurance? What's the downside of, of the U.S. territory approach? Well, right now, the downside of short-term limited duration insurance is that there's so much regulatory uncertainty around whether the federal government is going to let them survive because the Biden administration is trying to crush them right now, that insurance companies don't have an incentive to invest in things like renewal guarantees so that they can provide longer term coverage and bring down those Obamacare premiums as well by providing people who develop expensive illnesses an affordable alternative to Obamacare. And uh, critics of short-term plans will say that a downside is they can discriminate against people with expensive medical conditions. And it's true, they can do that. So those folks don't have to enroll in those plans. They can stay in Obamacare. Same thing with territorial plans. They can uh, uh, currently charge higher premiums if you have an expensive illness. But if that's the case, you can just stay in an Obamacare plan. You don't have to enroll in one of these plans. But if states do allow these plans, then they will allow most of the people the vast majority of people uh, in the individual market and who lack health insurance right now to get insurance at a much lower premium than Obamacare charges. And if you do this through U.S. territories, by the way, this is going to be a boon, an economic boon to U.S. territories that can badly that, that, that badly need that sort of economic support. Yeah, I mean, that, these are really amazing approaches you never hear of. And, you know, look, I, my preference would not be to have Obamacare at all in these giant programs, but... If the program was limited to people who really needed it, people with you know terrible illnesses that couldn't be covered by normal insurances, at the very least, it would take a lot of the cost out and it would remove a, a big um, uh, factor in manipulating the way our healthcare system works. This, this entire thing, when you're talking about like the quality of the care, can you talk a little bit about how this affects not just people who might have MS or some serious medical condition that they need high cost treatment, but also uh, the average person who might you know, have things here and there, but isn't in, uh, you know, doesn't have one of these long-term illnesses. Can you kind of explain why that affects everybody? Sure, so uh, the way that Obamacare tries to protect the sick is by saying to insurance companies, you can't deny someone coverage because of a pre-existing condition or exclude coverage for that condition or charge them higher premiums. None of that. But that doesn't make those patients any less expensive. It just means that if you, in fact, what it does is it penalizes insurance companies if they provide quality coverage for those conditions. And what Biden economic advisor Michael Grusso has found is that because those what are essentially price controls, penalize insurance companies who provide quality coverage to the sick. Insurance companies, just in order to stay in business under Obamacare's rules, have to make their coverage worse and worse for the sick, worse for their competitors, so that all the competitor, all the uh, patients who will be filing more in claims and they are paying in premiums go to their competitors and bring down their competitors' bottom line instead of theirs. And uh, what... Uh, what Michael Grusso has concluded is that in the exchanges, in Obamacare plans, even healthy consumers cannot be adequately insured because Obamacare has triggered this race to the bottom. Now, 
in the short-term market in the plans in U.S. territories, such as the U.S. Virgin Islands or anywhere where you have uh, reasonably free markets in health insurance, insurers don't face those incentives to skip on care for the sick. Do they always face an incentive not to cover something? Of course they do, but there are, but the Obamacare magnifies those incentives and makes them much worse so that insurance companies cannot compete to provide better coverage for people with expensive illnesses. They have a, they have the opportunity and and important financial incentives to do so if you have a reasonably free, lightly regulated market for health insurance. But with Obama, they just can't. The incentives are unrelenting to provide worse and worse care for the sick. It's just uh, unbelievable. So I, I would guess they weren't, you know, Obamacare not getting a passing grade. But let me get to ask you one more, because this claim was so central to the pitch for Obamacare, which was it was going to save people $2,500 a year. This was this was the entire pitch. You mentioned a little bit on cost earlier, but like, did anything materialize? Did we get a $2,500 savings that I missed out on? What happened with the cost? No, no. Obamacare was always about just pumping more money into a broken U.S. health sector, into an already bloated and inefficient system. Uh, it did reduce the growth in federal spending by $1 trillion, or at least it was supposed to do that. But the only way that, Cong that, that supporters could get that through Congress was by promising to spend $2 trillion and a new uh, 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 throw another two trillion dollars in new money at the at, at the health sector. That's how they got it past all of the lobbyists. That twenty five hundred dollars in savings never materialized. People's premiums didn't go down. Uh, Obamacare just caused premiums to rise uh, astronomically, uh, double or triple premiums for for lots and lots of people. Incidentally, for near elderly women more than anyone else. We heard about how Obamacare was going to reduce premiums for women by eliminating discrimination on the basis of sex. Well, it did eliminate discrimination in premiums on the basis of sex. And what that means is because men age 55 to 64 cost so much more than women in the same age group, Obamacare increased premiums for women age 55 to 64 more than for anyone else. Unbelievable. It's, it's, a, it's a comprehensive failure here for Obamacare. I'd love to have you back on, Michael, to go through more of this. It's just really amazing that I think people have, have lost this. They've, they've not focusing on health care anymore because Republicans are terrified to talk about it. I, I have loved to have at least seen a couple of them come out recently and talk about it. But Michael Cannon, he's a health policy studies director for the Cato Institute. He's monitoring this stuff all the time. Make sure you follow him on social media and read all the stuff that he's putting out. It's really important that we don't let this go. This is our health we're talking about. It's really, really important. Michael, thanks so much for coming on the program. Anytime. Thanks, Stu. Well, we're talking about saving money. Let me give you another way to save money. Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out with Upside. Uh, you get cash back for every purchase that you make. So to get started, do what I did. You download the free Upside app. You use the promo code STU to get an extra 25 cents back on every gallon on your first tank of gas. Uh, next, and I did that a while ago, by the way, and just the other day, I got another 25 cents off per gallon on another tank of gas. I, I don't even know what it was for. They're just like, hey, there's an alert. You want 25 cents off? I'm like, sure, Upside, keep giving me free money. I'm, I'm totally happy with that. Uh, you can claim your offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, and you can just pay as usual with your credit card. So you don't have to show them some fancy app. You just pay 
pay normally and you get cash back. Uh, in comparison to credit card loyalty uh, programs, you can get about three times as much with Upside. Plus, Upside doesn't sell your personal information to third parties. They know your information is a vital part of their trusted relationship with you. So download the free Upside app and use the promo code STU to get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. An extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas from Upside. Use the promo code STU to get that. It's the Upside app. Make sure to check it out today. Upside, promo code STU. New poll out uh, from News Nation. Uh, this is uh, a Republican primary poll. As on, we got the big debate on Wednesday night. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, basically, uh, talks about Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley basically uh, neck and neck. 11% of voters picked DeSantis, 10% picked Haley. Now, of course, DeSantis is ahead in uh, most of the stuff we think in Iowa, though there has not been a lot of good polling in Iowa. It's, it's embarrassing. I don't know why we're not getting better polling out of Iowa right now. Um, New Hampshire, we're getting more where Haley is doing better there. Uh, but uh, the other uh, the other candidates, Ramaswamy with six percent, Christie at three percent and Asa Hutchinson at one percent. Also, Doug Burgum at one percent. And this is, brings us to the saddest news I've ever had to bring you. Doug Burgum, Burgumentum is suspending his presidential campaign right when he was just catching fire. What is happening to our world? Bergamania is gone? Are you crazy? Yes, unfortunately, it is true. Doug Bergam, who, you know, look, he gave it a shot. He got his name out there. You know who Doug Bergam is probably at this point, which you did not know um, a few months ago. He didn't, I don't think he took resources away from anyone. I don't think he, you know, botched up the middle of the campaign. He doesn't have any of those stories running against him. He tried. He spent a bunch of his money. Maybe his wife's mad at him. But other than that, eh, you know, it was a fun story for a couple of months. Uh, so Doug Burgum no longer in the field. Did not endorse anyone. So his 1%, we don't know which direction it's going to go at this point. Could go anywhere. Um, now, it's interesting. Some people learn. And Burgum, look, look, he learned. He made a run at it. Didn't work out. He dropped out before any votes were even cast. Hard to blame him for that. He's not going to get into this fourth debate, which is coming up this week. I don't know. Can you justify Vivek and, and Christie staying in? They got another debate. You might as well let them stay in, see if they can make some noise. But they're getting close to the end here where maybe they just say this isn't going to work for us this time. Now, someone else who should really think about this is Joe Biden. Uh, he the, the campaign's not working very well for him, but his Bidenomics messaging has been a catastrophe. I, we said this at the time. This is the biggest gift to conservatives you're ever going to see. The fact that the, usually they would blame the last president for any economic problems. For some reason, Joe Biden took responsibility and named this Bidenomics. So all these terrible things that are happening go directly to him. Now, House Democrats are ditching the Bidenomics messaging. They all have seen the polls. They realize what's going on here, and they've gone off of it. Mostly, Joe Biden has abandoned it as well. In November, he didn't, I don't think he said it once in the entire month of November. He did recently, though, tweet about it again, saying Bidenomics is working. No one believes this. I mean, it's incredible that they keep trying it. it really, I don't know what they think. Maybe this is just like, spoiled by the media and they think, oh, well, eventually they'll come around and, and they'll say that Bidenomics is working. That's what we're saying. That's what they're supposed to say. So far, it really isn't even happening. He's even getting fact-checked by places like the Washington Post on this stuff. It really is amazing. Um, by the way, we have the uh, brand new Bidenomics Strikes Back mug uh, and shirt that are available in the store. Great Christmas present for anyone uh, who is on the conservative side of the aisle that you love or someone on the liberal side of the aisle that you hate. Uh, Bidenomics strikes back as available. And by the way, you want to talk about Bidenomics. 
Maybe it is working because I noticed this. Um, let's see, because there's this big case going on in the Supreme Court. Long story short, they're trying to change uh, or at least clarify what the idea of income is. People get taxed on stuff they don't even it hasn't even been realized in their accounts, and that's not right. So they're trying to see if they can fix that. It would be a big deal if they did. And we have the um, repeal the 16th Amendment mug right here. And look at this. Usually you have shrinkflation going on, but look at the size difference in these mugs. The new Bidenomic Strikes Back, much more liquid could be held in that mug. StuDoesMerch.com. You pick it up. You can pick up either of these. But the repeal of the 16th Amendment is like a little dainty. It's a dainty mug. And you get a, this one's got a hot, this is like a 40, this is like a big gulp size mug. So they're both available at StuDoesMerch.com. Also, um, another big problem for Biden is that Muslims now are going to ditch Biden over his war stance. This is uh, it's really hurting him in the polls. Young voters as well. It's not just Muslim voters because there's not a huge amount of those. But younger voters, they do depend on. They're bailing on him. Everyone's bailing on Joe Biden right now. Uh, the fact is he's in serious, serious trouble. But usually Republicans will figure out a way to screw it up anyway. One thing you realize as you get a little bit older and you get a little more seasoned and realize the important things in life, you understand that you shouldn't be wearing cheap, crappy, uncomfortable underwear. It's just, it's just silly, right? Why are you doing that? Undertack is not your typical men's boxers. They're made with modal. It's like cotton, but it's better. It's 50% more, more moisture wicking. It is antibacterial. It's way softer. And they stay in place with a sturdy and comfortable extra wide waistband. And it has brilliantly straightforward fly design. You will like the fly design. It's the right way to go. Undertack has durable, ultralight, fade resistant and shrink resistant features that you're going to love. And they're 25% less expensive and come with twice the satisfaction guarantee of the competition. If that wasn't enough, they donate a portion of their profits to organizations actively fighting against human trafficking. So that's you're doing some good work here when you're getting your underwear squared away. You're, you're, you're an adult. OK, make your underwear nice. Pick up a drawer full today. Go to undertack.com. Use the code Stu20 for 20 percent off site wide. Whatever you're buying. Exceptional comfort. Twice the guarantee at a fraction of the price. The promo code is Stu20 for 20 percent off site wide at undertack.com. It's undertack.com. So the Philadelphia Eagles lost a game that I don't want to talk about. Um, and I've forgotten, they've totally forgotten how to lose at this point. So what are you going to do? Um, anyway, uh, I was a little despondent coming in today, but there's good football news going on as well. Bud Light, you remember them, of course. Uh, they got into the whole trans thing. Very, very big proponents of uh, Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, kind of blew up the company. And they've been looking for ways to get people back. And they thought... Who would come back to us after we did this weird trans thing? We're talking about you know, people's genitals and we're talking about our beer. Uh, what do we do? How are we going to get people back? And they thought, you know who will come back? Dallas Cowboy fans. That's who will come back. Emmett Smith is partnering with Bud Light for a new NFL campaign and talks about why fans should come back to the brand. So I want you to think about this from now on. Whenever you think the combination of transgendered people and football, I want you to think of the Dallas Cowboys.
As you roll through the holidays and get into the new year, a lot of people use that time as a chance to improve themselves. Uh, if you want to be inspired by someone who really was able to do this, watch The Blind, the true story of the Robertson family. It's now available on Blaze TV. Buy it today, blazetv.com slash theblind for $19.99. It's blazetv.com slash theblind. It's a great movie. You're going to love it. And it's super inspiring. blazetv.com slash theblind. See you tomorrow.